it's not so much about how much I can do for God. It's much more about how much I can submit so that God can do whatever he wants through me. This is the absurd journey of three church planners reintroducing familiar ideas in unfamiliar ways. This is the Bless Up Podcast. All right, welcome back. This is the Bless Up Podcast. I'm Rachel, and this week uh, it's just James and I in the studio. Yes, it's us. Corey is uh, Corey's out of Epic, being a helicopter parent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's the he's the lone founder left there. <laughs> He can't seem to get away. Um, but in case you can't hear the the, uh, the giggling on the other end, we have a special guest with us by phone here. Um, joining James and I on today's podcast is uh, Ola Dele Okawabi. We call him Dele. He is uh, he is one of the founding pastors of 21st Century Church. Uh, if you have been to Absurd, then I know you know Dele. He's been on the main stage. He's been breakouts. His wife is the Onia Okawabi. Uh, we have a, he's another girl dad like James and Corey. He's got he's got his daughter Cadence. Uh, Dele, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Doing really well. So glad to be with you all. Uh, today doing well Dele it's so good to have you on the podcast this is your first time on the podcast it is the first time I've I've gotten several sound bites from social media and each one I'm like oh my goodness that's that's just fresh fresh stuff (laughs) so it's really good glad to be here so we get the privilege of um, being in some uh, entertaining group chats <laughs> with Dele and Onia because uh, they are part of the tribe. I know um, anybody who's been listening to the podcast for a while knows the tribe because we've had some various guests on here. Um, but today we're, we're bringing Dele on very specifically because he is a an organizational mastermind. Right? How would how would you describe? I mean, Dele? I mean, before we started recording, I literally. Uh, and I mean this, I'm going to call him at some point next week and say, hey, I got A, B, C, and D going on. Like, how does this go together? And I know I'm going to leave the phone call with a plan. Yeah. With a, a solid, <laughs> legitimate, spiritual plan. Yes. Yes. There's nobody that can quite speak to plan and process quite like Dele. And so what we want to do uh, today is just just give, give him free reign. Uh, for the process part two, last episode, we talked about the importance of not usurping a process that God is trying to take us through, not just trying to go from point A all the way to Z and jump to the end because that's a good part, but submitting ourselves to the process that God is taking us through. And there is just no better person to discuss that than Dele. Indeed. So Dele, what, yes. what would you say, what is... What is a, a process either that you are currently going through um, or that God has taken you through that as you're experiencing it, you you feel that pain and you feel that discomfort of what God is doing, but you're so thankful for what it is? Yeah. So I think speaking into the idea of the process that you're currently going through, right? And so I think for me... Um, that process of 
becoming more and more like Christ, becoming more like Jesus. You know, the apostle, he talks about us being a living witness, a, a epistle that, that people can read. Like we are that thing that people, you know, it's like, I don't just, I don't have a message. I am the message. You know what I'm saying? Like if you've ever seen, um, John Wick, you know, one of my favorite movies. <laughs> yeah. I guess everybody now knows I'm like a, you know, major violence fan, right? But in John Wick, there's, they, they call him Baba Yaga, right? I think that means some kind of like, you know, just bad guy, right? And it's interesting in the movie. Have you, have either of you seen John Wick? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Rachel, you're my, you're my friend, right? So like, <laughs> So, so when John Wick in this scene, he's like a hitman, right? And so when John Wick comes and you see John Wick, the first thing you, you, you do is like, are you here for business? Like when he comes, he is the message. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so for me in this, in this process is realizing that I don't have a message, man. I am the message. Mm -hmm. And so when you realize that you carry that level of, Christness, and that's not just an independent thing. That that's for every single believer. Salvation begins the 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 beginning journey of what you are calling the process. Right, you're washed in the blood. Your your God has made you holy. There's nothing you can do, and now the whole journey becomes becoming like your Lord, becoming. Just like he was a witness to his father, Jesus says, if you see me, you see my father. And then Peter was like, no, no, show us the father. And he's like, no, 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 no. If you see me, you see the father. And I think, like, to, to go a little bit deeper with that, what's so interesting about that, it's like Jesus is like the father, but the crazy thing is, like, the father is also like Jesus. And so, but there was a process to that. And so for me, the current process and the process that's been there for probably the last three years is just learning that there's an administration to the process of becoming like Jesus. I'll say that again. There's an administration to it. Just like when you want to go to apply for college and, and you want to get your driver's license for anything you do, there is a, there's an administration for that, right? You take a test. And so <laughs> salvation is a free gift, but in the process, of allowing Christ to come through you, there's an administration that you often don't hear get taught about. And that's what we call the process. It's the process of going through the process of becoming a witness. And so that's a lot, but that's, that's the best way I can try to answer that question um, sincerely. Yeah. Dalai, I'm with you a thousand percent. Like the idea of jumping from one to 10 is crazy at anything. And the reality is, like, if I left to my own devices, sure, take me to 10. I don't want what's in the middle because what's in the middle is hard. But, like, if I don't have four, then I can't have seven. And if I don't have seven, then I can't Ooh, have come ten. come on now. Come on. Come right? on. Come it's, on now. Like, the reality is, it's the, like, yeah, the process is the prerequisite to the promise. Like, if I don't have the, if I don't have the process, then I don't have the promise. But, Dele, like, can you tell us a little bit, like, for you, like, as you've like started many things and we could go down the line of the many things that you have going on and Onia has going on, but what would you say are some things that you've been learning about the, about the process, like about the everyday 
repetitive grind of the process. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty serious question. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll, I'll name a couple of things. There's a grace that comes with the process. Say it. The Apostle Paul, he teaches that to each one. There's a, We have different graces. If, we, if you read his letters, you'll see he uses the word grace to, to, to talk about things that he did as in, a, as if in a way that like, hey, man, this is not me doing this. This is, this is God in me. And so I think in the process and the things that we've, we've, we've learned or taken away on a day-to-day as you act, there's a certain grace that comes with you submitting to that process, right? And so because God is the one who calls you to whatever work you do, the yoke is hard, but there becomes a certain grace that you do it with relative um, ease. Um, another thing that I realize about the process or somebody submitting to the process is that it's not on the day to day, as you ask, it's not so much about how much I can do for God. This is an interesting distinction. Mm-hmm. It's not so much about how much I can do for God. It's much more about how much I can submit so that God can do whatever he wants through me. And therein lies the nuanced difference. I'm sorry. I had to write that down. (laughs) That was, man, that was some wisdom right there. It's not how much we can do for God, but it's how much we can submit for God to do something with. Can you, Deli, can you just elaborate on that a little bit? What does it look like for us to submit something before God? For him to do something with it, what does that look like? Yeah, so, so in terms of submitting something to God, right? The Apostle Paul he talks about we we are being transformed from one glory to another, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and so you know, step one, we get this thing called salvation, free gift. We can't do it. Step two, as as uh, Brother James said, we begin to submit to the process, right? And so in submitting to that process, each one of us are being taken from glory to glory in whatever the God is calling us to do. And so my process will always look different than what Rachel's process and what James' process mm-hmm. looks like, because the thing that the Lord has called me to do the thing that's called my family to do, and the thing that he's called the, the pastor or the church which you serve under is, is is different. And so what that means is the process is ever evolving. The process is ever evolving. The process is ever evolving. And so what happens is in the kingdom of God, you almost have realms of process. So, for example, you first get saved and you're going through one layer of process, and then you master that realm, and then God elevates you in his kingdom. Then you master that process, and then God elevates you to the next process. And then whenever you meet somebody going through the same process, the same submission that you're going through, 
there's an instant connection. There's an instant like, oh man, I'm vibing with you because you're going through the same process. But then with each process that you get, there's a key. You unlock a certain door in the kingdom of now, in the kingdom of God. You unlock a door of wisdom. You unlock a door of understanding when you've gone through that process. And here's the thing. You can now take anybody else through that same process you went through. Yeah. Mm. And so if you don't submit to a process, God is trying to unlock something in his kingdom for each person, for each family, for each church. And so if we don't submit on those three layers of family, individual, and your local church, you know, it's almost like what process is God taking your church through that when y'all get through it, you now get a key of the kingdom of heaven and you can take another church through that process and help mm-hmm. them break through. Yeah. And so I, I look at it as like, God is taking us through different realms from glory to glory in his kingdom. And, um, and, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a process. You touched on two really big things just now that I I think are really important. I want to make sure people catch. Um, You said that, uh, that your process that God is taking you through does not look the same as what James is being taken through, as what I'm being taken through, as what Corey's being taken through. Whatever process you're going through is not identical to someone else's. And then you took that one step further just now and said, but also the process that you're going through is not just for you. It's for you to also walk other people through. Those are two really important things to know, especially like if somebody that's listening is wired like me and and Dele, I know you're you and I are wired fairly similarly in that we both really value organization and order um like there's always room for holy spirit movement but also like let's not be sloppy and chaotic right um we like we like to know that there's structure we like to know that there's goals um so I know for me I know for me I am a person who can completely unknowingly uh, make what my friend, my friend Jada, if anybody knows Jada uh, at third street, um, she, she introduced me to this phrase recently, unlikely idols. We make Mm. unlikely idols in our lives. And Mm -hmm. I know like I have a, uh, a habit of making an unlikely idol out of structure out of order. Um, I look at something that God has taken me through and I, or that is currently taking me through and I call it textbook. And I'm like, we cannot step out of this because that is stepping out of order. Or I look at something and I'm like, there needs to be structure around this so that it can function best. And so I'll look at a process and I will unknowingly make an unlikely idol out of that process. For example, in my own life, I had to go through a journey of uh, studying theology and going to school for it and getting my master's and going to seminary and all this stuff. I made an unlikely idol out of education. Mm. And I put a stamp on that and said, this is a process that all people who are going to lead need to go through. If you have not studied X, Y, and Z and done X, Y, and Z, then you're doing it wrong. And that's not true. That is a Mm -hmm. false statement, but it is a stamp that I had in my mind for a little while. 
until I realized, hold on, I, I have made education an idol. Like when in mm. scripture does it say you need a master's degree or you need to go to seminary or you need to have studied theology, at least in your undergrad, to be able to practice and do this, this, and this. That it, I've never seen that. But I made an mm-hmm. idol out of the process that I went through. So what would mm. what would you say what would you say to somebody who values structure and process and order and things like that so deeply that they inadvertently make idols out of it? How can we keep ourselves from idolizing the process? Wow. Um Jeez, that's a really hard question. Sorry, I did not tell you yeah. I was going to ask that. I didn't tell you I was going to ask anything. Actually, that's a really, <laughs> that's a really, you know, I, 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 you know, you know, Alan Hirsch would 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 answer that question, you know, by just confessing that Jesus is Lord. Yeah. Right. When 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 Jesus becomes the Lord of your life, right? So through the Jesus wing, Jesus is Lord. From the Jesus wing, we get sonship and daughtership, right? Um, and then we we, we, we we are born into his kingdom. From the Lordship piece, um, we, we become ambassadors um, of his kingdom, and we inherit the kingdom which he's Lord. So I think the way not to make the process an idol is by continuing looking at our Lord and just letting just letting him be Lord over our life because because when he's Lord over our life, he will make known to us through the power of the Holy Spirit what idols are there, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so the process is a process. So just like you you went through your educational routes, but because you remain so I, so it, we, we could say the biggest process for all of us is making Jesus Lord over our lives. Yeah. Because in that journey, you discovered, oh my gosh, I think I've made education an idol. And then you submitted that thing under the Lordship of Jesus. And boom, that's your process. You're on your way again. You know? Yeah. And so I think, how do we not make the process the process when we realize the main process is allowing Jesus to have Lordship? over every area of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think for me as I think about that, so I'm opposite. Like I I don't want anything to do with any processes, <laughs> yeah. strategic plans, yeah. anything on a board. I want to I want to dream the end. You want to just live. Yeah, I want to <laughs> just live. Like I've at this point in my life, I can see the end. I tell my team all the time, I can see the end. And I can connect you to someone who can help you. <laughs> God bless Heidi. Thank the Lord yep. Jesus for Heidi, our operations director. You can talk to Heidi about how to get there mm-hmm. or, or someone else. But I don't know, like I see the end and I can connect you to resources, but that's about it. But I think it, the pro, like the thing for me that I think I'm learning most right now is like as someone who doesn't love the process, it's to Jesus is Lord and he's gone through the process for me. So my performance, like my performance in the process, I'm not performing for the approval of God or anyone else around Mm -hmm. me. Like he has already given me his stamp of approval and justification in the shed blood for me on the cross. Like my stamp of approval has like been given. 
But I think what's difficult for me sometimes is like, all right, so now how do I live from the process? Like, I'm not living oh. for approval, but like, how am I living from that? And that's a that's a new process. And I think what's difficult is like the American dream teaches us no, like we are literally working for approval in the American dream. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. from the time mm-hmm. you're a kid is school for a grade, mm-hmm. college for a mm-hmm. grade, get that good internship, get that good mm-hmm. job. Then you're working for mm-hmm. your paycheck mm-hmm. and you're working to get paychecks to accumulate those for retirement. So it's this whole American dream of like I'm trading something. But I think living from the process is, is what's so difficult because it mm-hmm. it goes against that completely. It goes against those urges completely. Mm-hmm. You know, not only it, it is difficult, and and we have to be just like you are doing this podcast. We have to be informed that there is a process that Jesus is Lord. You know that yep. there is a process because you know, uh, you know nowhere in the New Testament did Jesus lead anybody in a sinner's prayer. Those are just facts, right? Um, and so. <laughs> This thing, the the evangelical salvation movement, when we when we confess that prayer, we say Jesus is Lord over my life. That process begins there, and there has to be a teaching. There has to be an administration for all the people in the body of Christ to know this begins your process of turning over vast areas of your life over to. Jesus's reign, and um, I'm watching the um, football combine. All these athletes are training, right? You know, these athletes once they make that decision, their lifestyles change, their diet changes, yeah. how they carry themselves. I mean, everything about their lives changes. And I would say, um, submission is the human side of the process, right? So mm-hmm. if Jesus is Lord. He makes us, he, he works in and through us, but he can't work through a non-submitted person, you know? And so I think that's why this conversation is so important. Yeah. So you guys are, you've kind of like alluded to almost like a step three of this whole process. So, um, so step one, step one is realizing you're about to go through something, accepting the fact that you're about to go through something and choosing to enter into it instead of avoiding it. Step two is, all right, I'm, I'm in the process. Whatever the quote-unquote process might be, this pruning, this refining, uh, this growing, stretching, whatever it is that you're going through that God is taking you through. Step two is like, all right, we're going through it. We're here. Step three is sort of this like, all right, I went through it. I'm, I'm on the other side. It's been... X number of years, whatever it's been, you know, Della used the example of the athletes at the combine. So, so, you know, they've worked their whole life for the sport and then they've entered into this combine and then they have made the decision. And now they're on the other side of like, I just got drafted. My whole life's about to change. So then step three is like, let me live from this process. Mm-hmm. You know, step yeah, three yeah, yeah. is I, I, I experienced it all. What do I do now? Because so often we get so used to living in step two that it becomes yep. a new normal. Like the yep. process becomes Come a new on. normal, but you're not meant to be pruned forever. If you endlessly prune a, pr- a plant, eventually there's nothing left and you killed the whole thing. 
Mm-hmm. Right. You've got to start. You've got to get to step three where you're growing, where fruit is happening, where you're seeing mm-hmm. the results, where you're, as, as Dele said earlier, you're walking others through it. So so step three, sometimes we get so comfortable in the change and the chaos and the pruning and the refining and the whatever of step two that we almost want to stay there too long. Right. Like I know for me, like in the education process, like I love school so much that I could have I could have stayed in school forever. I'm looking at doctoral programs just so that I can go back to school again. Right. Like I would Mm -hmm. I will live in that space forever if given the opportunity. But like at some point you got to do something. Mm-hmm. At some point, you got to be a practitioner. At some point, you've got to put everything that you have learned into practice. So let's talk about step three. What does it look like on the other side? Like once you have gone through the process, what does it look like to put it into practice? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. Dele said it really well. Like in in my terms, like. Yeah, salvation is free. It's a free gift from Jesus. Praise God. Because I couldn't, none of us could earn our salvation on our own. We praise God for the free gift of salvation by grace through faith. But as I say to our congregation often, like salvation is free, but discipleship costs. Like discipleship costs you. And like the word disciple, like a better English word is apprentice. Like apprenticeship. And at the well, at like our community development corporation, like there's a lot of talk around what it means to like apprentice folks in housing. So what does it mean to like help people from the neighborhood, like have an actual skill and be able to go into a house and do yeah. things? And that like apprenticeship is a process. Like a sh- apprenticeship is like no joke at all. The idea of apprenticeship is really like, yeah, you watch and then you start swinging a hammer. Like under the direction of like the person and the ends of apprenticeship is for you to be able to do the things that 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 person like did. And I think for us, if we look in the Gospels, like Jesus says to them, hey, I'll follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Yeah. Like I'll make you fishers of men. And literally like from that point, like they started following Jesus. So they're in the community of faith. But from that point, like what happens in their lives, it's just, it's wild. Yeah. Like it's absolutely wild. Like uh, Peter in one breath is like confessing Jesus as the Christ, the cornerstone, confession of the church. And then Mm -hmm. in the next breath, Peter's like rebuking Jesus because he reveals to him more about the truth of his purpose and mission. And the reality is, I, I think where we go from there is, is we live, like we yeah. live. I was doing premarital counseling with a couple, and we're sitting down last week, and we're like in the report that we use for premarital counseling, and we're talking. I just kind of looked at him for a second because we were talking about like we we're talking so much about the wedding, and I'm like, hey, I'm like, after this, you guys are gonna have to be married to each right. other. And I think sometimes we think about salvation in Jesus as like only the wedding and not the idea that, no, you're about to wake up tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You got to say I do tomorrow and I do the next day and I do in 10 years. Like this is a, it's a process. So I think like what comes next is like you live, like, yeah, Yeah. you live. What would you add, Dele? 
Yeah, I think I think what comes next because you know that's a great analogy that he describes is you're, you're living right, and if we use that football analogy combine, you know they make it to the NFL right, and so there's there's so that means they've mastered that level of the combine right, and I think as you live and you grow, the next step becomes there's a mastery right there's there's a mastery jesus said he's like man satan has nothing in me right yeah there's a certain level of mastery he had over certain realms and i think when you when you talk about the kingdom of god when you're talking about what's the third level of you, you're submitted you're growing i think it's full mastery of that of that of that area of submission where you're able to help others and then it takes you to you know you know now that 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 athlete becomes like the best offensive player you know and then they become you know the the MVP year in and a year out they become so but with us the the ultimate goal is to be like Jesus and so it, it's this process of of there's another process there's mastery there's another process there's mastery and with each one we're reflecting and becoming more and more witnesses um, like Jesus. And, you know, and until, and that's what the Bible talks about, the church is, we manifest the sons of glory and the daughters of glory. And the kingdom of God is made manifest on earth through his people going through the process of becoming like their Lord. And that, that is the teaching that is the instruction that the 21st century church, that is what we need to revive in, in our current culture is the lordship of Jesus and asking people, hey, what process are you in right now? How are you pressing through that? What have you learned? How have you mastered that? And what are you setting free? Like, Rachel, you could set anybody free in the process of not making education an idol because you've been there. Yeah. You've gone through it. And then you're on the other side of it. And that's what the kingdom is, you know? Yeah, I think about that phrase that Corey uses all the time when he says nothing is wasted in the kingdom of God. And it makes me think of, like, you know, if we were to use this analogy, I think it was last episode, of, like, going through the fire. Like, God is taking you uh-huh. through a refining fire. Like, unless you're in the the book of Daniel, you're, you're not going to come out without any burns. You're not going to come out not smelling like smoke, right? Like this isn't this right. isn't being thrown into the fiery furnace. This is going through the refining fire. So you're coming out and you look different. You smell different. You act different. Like you've got that yeah. smell of smoke on you because you just endured the fire. But you, what the point of that is not to just go running from the flames, but to turn around and look behind you and say, who else is in the fire? Like, let yeah. me let me stand here and show you hey, I've made it to the other side. Like you're going yeah. to get there. Let me hold your hand through the process. Let me tell you how I got through. Like, let me tell you what helped me get through. Let me tell you the lessons that God was teaching me so that you can learn them quicker so that you're not sitting in that fire for five years. Maybe you're only there for two because you can do better than I did in the process. Mm-hmm. Like you can get there quicker. 
Like we know I love, I love a gardening analogy. So like, you know, you've been through this pruning process. You've gone through the pressures of like being a seed forced underground, forced into darkness, busting out and, and fighting for the light. Like, so you've grown, you've got your pruning process. Now, all of a sudden you got all this fruit. You can't eat all that fruit. Don't hoard it. Right. Like share it with people, share it with people so that that fruit can nourish them and they can get through (laughs) that growth process a little more nourished than you were. Like give Mm -hmm. them the fruit that you have so that they can grow quicker so that they Mm -hmm. can get there quicker because not everybody needs to sit in that process for two, five, 10 years. Like if you have the knowledge and the wisdom and the experience and the ability to pull somebody through, turn around and go get them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And with, you know, I think with each process you go through, like you said, you don't always, you don't always want to be in a process, but as you go through a process, it's so easy, like you said, to pull other people out, to pull other people out. And then all of a sudden the Lord will tap you on the shoulder and he's like, let's go. Let's let's, yeah. let's let's go through it, the process again, and you just become more and more like Christ. And I was just thinking as you were talking, I was just thinking the most dangerous thing, the most maybe not dangerous, frightening thing, would be for a uh, for a a, a body, person, a body of Christ, to just they can't even remember the last time the Lord has taken them to, through a process. That's Ooh. scary. Yeah, you know. When, when a minister, if you're leading a congregation or if you're leading a, a, a parachurch organization, when you yourself aren't going through a, a process where God is taking you through something, um, because we're always being made like Christ. And so yeah. I, I think that is that is frightening to just be like, oh, no, it's just me and Jesus. He's 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 my buddy. You know, yes, he's your he's your buddy, but you're being transformed formed into the likeness of Jesus. And along with that friendship, there becomes opportunities of transformation. It's almost like the friendship is so that you can be transformed. It's a part of it. You know, it's not a solo thing. Um, So, yeah, so I would say that would be frightening is just to, to stop having seasons and moments of going through processes. Yeah, because if we've stopped growing, then we've stopped listening. Mm hmm. Correct. Wow. All right. So I know I have um, a ton of notes that I've been taking (laughs) during this conversation because you can't sit with Dele and not take notes because he's always just dropping wisdom. Um, So Dele, I feel like we have thrown so much at everybody. I feel like I uh, am sitting in front of a fire hydrant just like hoping to catch any sort of like drink in my Dixie cup here. Um, If there is, is there anything else? that you would want to add? Is there anything you feel like you've left unsaid? Yeah. You know, I think the, the biggest thing that comes to my mind is uh, it's in the passage of Hebrews, right? Um, is talking about the process as also a communal, a communal process. Right. And so what I would say is that if you're in the body of Christ and, and you are someone who's walking with the Lord and, and working and yielding for Jesus to be Lord of your life, one of the things we say is that God created you to be shepherded. Yeah. God created you to be shepherded. <laughs> That's a hard thing for us to swallow um, as Americans. Like, wait, what do you mean? Like, no, no, no. He, he The way he designed the body of Christ is that we, we should be shepherded. And so... 
what process is God taking your church through? And what process is God taking your leaders in this season of your particular church? Mm. Make sure you submit to that process because that's the covering that God has you in for a season. And what's happening in your church's life and your leader, if, 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 you know, as that leader is submitting to the Lord, as that leader is hearing from the Lord, the process, it will be good with your soul. So yeah. I guess the last moment is, my last statement would be, um, your process is interwoven with the process of your local church. I'm a believer in the local church and a local pastor. Those two things are not are not separate. And so make sure you know what that process is, and you're also yielding to that along with your senior leaders. And you're, you're, you're asking them, you're connecting them, and you're submitting to the process God has for your church. Um, you know, so that, that would be my last thing to add. Dele, it was so good to have you with us. Oh, thank you. This was this was a blessing. This was a joy. Thank you. <laughs> like just thank you for your wisdom, for sharing it. My man. Drive yeah, on the move. Great. So great. I, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I wanna thank um Pastor Corey because your absence allowed <laughs> me to be here today. <laughs> so thank you. Um for allowing me to be here, uh, these two amazing churches that are connected here. It's so good to be able to, I know that most of this audience is connected to these local bodies. And so it's so good to, to just be here and, 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 and share with uh, friends. Amen. Listen, if you guys want to find Dele in the description on this uh, episode, we will link up his social media handles. We'll link up 21st Century. Uh, we'll link up the work that they're doing with Real Talk About Race. Uh, that's some phenomenal stuff that uh, that Dele and Dr. Reverend Dr. Onia <laughs> are. Reverend Doc. Yes. Reverend Doc. It's some phenomenal stuff yeah. that they are working on. So uh, I encourage you to just find them and follow them uh, on any platforms that you're on because it'll be edifying for your soul. Absolutely. Also, go pick up Red Skies. Go pick up oh, Red yes, Skies. Yes, Onia's book. Yeah, it's a it's a book by uh, a plethora of real life missional yeah. practitioners about the day that we're in on the in the church. Uh, and our our dear sister, our Reverend Doctor Onia. As a partner, go pick that up. Order two copies, one for your mama. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You, I love it. You, love can, it. you cannot go wrong by adding some Okwabis into your life. All right, Dele. Dele, thank you so much. Thank you for being here. All right, we'll be back in two weeks. We'll see you all. Bless up. Bless up. All right, see you. Bye. 